Welcome back to season four of the Texas Private School Podcast, previewing the 2023 football season. Walker, how good is it to be back? It is fantastic, ladies and gentlemen. I am back. I am so excited. Um, It's just the best, man. This is just so exciting. Such a great feeling. And um, week season four. This is year four of this, baby. And I'm so excited to be back. Who would have thought? And we're back better than ever with even better content this year. We're growing. We're growing. Like we always say, TXPS to the moon. I um I've been waiting on this day for months and months, specifically since December 4th when the state championships were. Um, there is a gaping hole in my soul that only football can fill. It's been that way since I can remember going to AM football games when I was like three years old. Um, I, I, I love football season. I am out of high school and college and I still eat, breathe, sleep and everything else football. I cannot express to you how excited I am. If you couldn't tell by the intro, we are thrilled to be back here with you, engaging with everyone, giving out horrible picks every week. We're back. We're here. And we have a long 14-ish weeks of football to cover. <laughs> Let's get right into it. So, first of all, if you're not familiar with us, my name is Wes Tollison. His name is Walker Lott. We are both ex-private school alumni. I graduated from Grace Community in Tyler, Texas. Walker Lott went to Fort Worth Southwest Christian in Fort Worth, obviously. We both went to AM. Um, the long story short is we were frustrated by the lack of coverage given to private school sports relative to public school sports. So we decided to start this TXPS media. And it's been about a little over three years, probably about three and a half years since that point. And the more that we do it, the more that we love it. And we just keep growing and getting better. So that's the quick spiel. If you're new here uh, every week, we released a podcast just like this. We cover previous week's games. We preview the next week's games and every week, um, this year we're going to have more than one game being covered because Walker and I will both be at games every week. We have associates that will also be covering games for us. We're looking to have, you know, three, four, maybe five games covered weekly. We're very excited for all of this. Uh, Walker lot, new year, new season, a lot of growth for TXPS. Your thoughts heading into the year. Like you just said, new year and also new up, new us, because we are officially rebranding from the Texas private school podcast too. TXPS Media. Um, it's a great rebrand for us because we're getting bigger and we're doing a lot more. And so it, being able to actually being called a media company will be awesome for us and not the brand for the future. But don't worry. Like you just said, the podcast will still be here. We will be dropping episodes every single week, like always, until the season ends up and afterwards. So, uh, yeah, it's a great year for a lot of stuff. And I just am so excited for this season, man. Absolutely. Yeah. The main reason behind it is, you know, we started as just a podcast. We started just kind of talking via podcast forum about things that interested us, things going on in private school. But since then, we've we've more or less outgrown that. We do a ton more stuff. We're all, you know, photographers, videographers, analysts, graphic designers, literally any hat that you want to put on us. So at the end of the day, we feel like the words TXPS media encapsulates a lot more of what we do than just the word podcast. Also, I hate the word podcast. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't like, you know, I don't like just being called a podcast guy because we're, we're a lot more than that. What you see, what you see us doing on camera constitutes maybe like one tenth of what we actually yeah. do. So that all being said, if you see TXPS Media in the future, just know, like Walker said, the podcast is not going anywhere. Our content is, for the most part, going to look the exact same, except higher quality and better than the past few seasons. So all that being said, TXPS Media, you'll see all of our socials rebranded to that. Very exciting times here. 
So that all being said, Walker, we're going to get to preview some incredible games this week, joined by a special guest as well. But before that, I think that we should recap both of the scrimmages we went to. I went to the first three-team combined scrimmage, I think, that has ever maybe been had in the history of the world. You went to you went to Houston, St. Thomas, and EHS scrimmage. Um, I will first start by recapping a little bit of what I saw in the North Dallas scrimmage with Fort Worth All Saints, Dallas Christian, and Parish Episcopal. Listen, I texted you this, and it seemed a little surprising, but I said I think DC could very well hang with either of these teams in 11-man football. And I detailed it in a tweet later saying, outside of the offensive line, and fairness to DC, they were missing one of their key offensive linemen, Aiden Wirtz. Um, outside of the offensive line, Every single position DC stacks up, uh, you know, obviously elite Crazy. talents, elite talents with um, with Speedy Nettles and Luke Carney. And then you also have Jaden and Katori Crawl, Jaden Davis at running back. I mean, listen, they have some absolute dudes and I'm sorry, it's it's curtains for D3. Um, Cypress has brought in some really talented guys that are going to be very good. Um, they've got some top end talent, but. It, it's it's dc um you, you can kind of you can put them in pin uh, as my state favorite already and honestly they're going to be one of the best teams in the state regardless of classification they're just absolutely ferocious and listen man Parrish still looks the part i know that they lose a lot they lose trey williams they lose daniel demery two key members of that four-time repeat state champion Parrish team um, but obviously they still have familiar faces like remember sawyer anderson one of the best players in the entire state Hutch Crow, Maddox Reed, you know, you got Sam Liu back on the offensive line. Um, it's going to look a little bit different, especially on defense, which we've alluded to in our previews, but Parrish is still Parrish, and you have to have them as the state favorite at this point in the year. And now moving into the Division II team that we saw, All Saints guys are settling in. Kelvin Ryan is as advertised. You know, you can only take so much from a scrimmage, but it's the best information we have to go off of right now. Listen, Keldon looks mobile. I posted a video of him of him getting away from pressure and scrambling out. What would have been probably a really, really long run if it wasn't a scrimmage. He also looks really comfortable in the pocket. He steps up when the pocket collapses very easily, makes very tight throws. He's going to be every bit as advertised for Fort Worth All Saints. And both Dougie and Kevin Dodder, the twins from Lake Country Christian that we've spoken on before, they are dadgum impressive prospects. I never realized Dougie was that big until I saw him in person. That dude is a hoss. And Kevin is just, he's everywhere on the field. Both of those guys are just, the fact that both of them transferred to All Saints is going to make them a very, very, very good team very quickly. Last thing on All Saints. Reed Watkins has district MVP potential, you know, transfer from Brock. I was talking to some guys from all saints about him just because I noticed I'm like, he's a, he like, like a uh, Dougie Dodder is much bigger in person than I thought he would be. They're like, yeah, he runs like a, like a legit laser four five. He squats like 500 pounds. Um, and though just the way that he looks running the ball, he's, he's incredibly hard to tackle he reminds me of several guys in the past that I've seen that are that way, that just the second they get the ball, they're a threat to score. Um, all of those guys for All Saints are going to be very good. You know, the fact that I got to see three of the best teams in the state in three different divisions scrimmage all at once on one night, it was a fantastic time. Shout out to Coach Beck. Shout out to Fort Worth All Saints for putting that together. It was a fantastic idea. I'm almost out of breath. Walker Lott, you saw two elite Houston teams in St. Yeah. Thomas and Episcopal face off. How'd that go? Yeah, you probably had the best teams in DFW, you know, arguably. And we, I kind of went to the best scrimmage in Houston, arguably. Um, yeah, well, like we always talked about, these are the these are the times to work out the kinks, you know, figure out kind of their identity. But, you know, that's for most of the season. But trying to figure out a few couple things at the start of this Uh and of course, I just got my pick is up for fantasy football. I'm also going to be fantasy football drafting during this episode. Uh, so I'm in the 13th round. All right. We have fun here. All right. Leave your comments uh, down below who I should go. I'm thinking Dalton Kincaid. I've heard good things about him out of training camp. I know I'm I'm speaking, speaking too much about this, but this is this is good content. Um, I do need a defense. Defense comes later. I'll do it on the the turnaround because we are doing a snake draft. I'll do Don Kincaid. All right, back to the topic at hand. So um, it's hard to figure out 
uh, really the best of these both teams because, you know, it's a scrimmage. They're not able to prepare against each other, you know, prep for it. Um, you know, SCA St. Thomas was without Johan Cardenas. You know, he's still making sure he's a hundred hundred percent for the season, which a hundred percent I agree with. That's a good, good idea. Uh, and they were even without their RB two, who was also out with injury. So they were on their RB three for that scrimmage. So that's even hard for any team to, uh, really have their offense going with that. Um, while, I honestly Episcopal was blitzing all all scrimmage. That's all they did. They they did cover zero and they blitzed all day. And so uh, it wasn't able to get a usual look for St. Thomas, but for them, especially for their offensive linemen, it's good for them to kind of be like, all right, this is who we're going to face type of thing. So uh, with that, um, I think what's key for this offense, when Johan comes back, he will, of course, take a lot of attention. The Vanderbilt commit, uh, he looked ready to go, got to talk to him for a bit. And what's going to be interesting for them is I think Edgecombe is always going to be that second wide receiver um, that's going to be open a lot of times just because of the, you know, of Benton and uh, Cardenas getting, you know, a lot of attention, which I would not want to leave Edgecombe open as well, but that's just how it sometimes it is. But the Larry Benton, from Dante Lewis to Larry Benton is going to be the connection that kind of makes or breaks the offense for St. Thomas. You know, there's a lot of times Benton had a lot of big time catches and throws because that's what was needed. But being able to create separation and getting to those things because he's such an athletic specimen, Benton needs to make sure he's the dog of this year, man. And being able to get over the top, run those go routes, run those post routes, and use his size to an advantage to even do a fade route and other things, that's so key for this offense for St. Thomas. Um, for uh, St. Thomas's defense, you know, having to replace a guy like Grant Stewart and Marquis Chiata, those guys is going to be hard to them to do, but I really like Aaron Valentine, Tyler Day, other things. Seeing Obina Ume, the 26th defensive lineman, come into his own in this scrimmage was kind of fun to see. He still has, a, you know, he's very, very raw, but he has a long way to go. And, but he has a long way to go, but he is headed in the right direction. And he made a couple key plays for that team, and I'm excited for him. Of course, the man in the middle, Michael Anthony Kuro, will be the key piece for this team. And letting him go to work and, you know, playing inside and outside, you know, being the versatile athlete that he is will be key for them. But um, I think it's a good thing for St. Thomas uh, being kind of real. They kind of underwhelmed me a little bit, but, you know, they had a lot of adversity hit them. So it's kind of hard not to kind of take that with a grain of salt, of course. But um, EHS kind of came out strong. The offensive line looked great. Um, Gordon looked really good. Um, their offense was humming, you know, shout out Dan Casey, man. He has offense just going and a really key piece of that is, um, all right, I'm going to bills, uh, bills, jets, Ravens, dolphins, defense. What are we thinking? Um, nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo bills, right? Like, I mean, that's just a given. So I'll go bills defense. All right. Anyways, looking at EHS, the offensive line looked great. You know, uh, Carson Gordon looked really, really impressive, looked comfortable making plays. Kind of the standout was, of course, Brandon Thomas. And with Jackson Verducci out with injury to hopefully week six, hope get better, my guy. Uh, we, you know, we're big fans of you over here, and we wish you the best in your recovery. But with him out, Brandon Thomas is going to be having to be the impact guy on offense to make plays happen. And he definitely made him a lot of plays in that scrimmage. He made a lot of people miss. Maybe there's one that may made one guy slide to one side of the field. It was disgusting. Um, so him being able to be that like running back slash athlete role for them will be huge. And Logan Barty on the outside, the 25 wide receiver will be key piece for that team. Um, he met, he made a couple plays, a couple big throws, but so sorry, a couple big catches, which is going to be key piece for this offense. Uh, another guy that, you know, Braylon Thompson is a guy that, uh, you know, was our DB of the year last year for SPC. But having him play both ways will be huge. And he played a couple uh played both ways a couple times in the scrimmage. And so having him will be a key piece for this team. The offensive line led by Colin Will, uh Colin Witt and Billy Wheels uh looked very, very impressive. The defense kind of led by, you know, Madden Morgan and Carson Fowler, who really impressed me too. Uh, guys like that are going to be key pieces of this team. And uh, I think this defense is going to be rock solid. I, I don't remember the guy's name, but um Number 20, I think he's a young kid, and maybe I could be wrong about that, but he looked very, very good uh, in that game, and he he took a lick, one of those teams, a crack back block, and he got right back up. He's a tough kid, man, and I think he's going to be a key piece of that other linebacking with Madden uh, as like a true linebacker. Uh, I was very impressed with him, but uh, the kid from Ridgepoint, 
uh, defensive end was also really big. And so guys like that, they have a lot of weapons um, to kind of come into their own and, you know, be the team that we think they can be in SBC this year. So uh, they're headed in the right direction and uh, led by Steve Lees, who knows what he's doing over there. So I'm excited. I'm excited for those two. And that is my scrimmage recap. Yeah, all that makes sense. I mean, um, EHS is ranked number one by us for a reason in the SBC. You know, they're going to be very good. It's going to be interesting to see if everyone stays healthy and all those pieces come together. St. Thomas is going to be fine, man. Um, it's We all always forget that during the scrimmages and usually about the first two, maybe three weeks of the season, I've noticed this since I've started covering Everybody looks rusty. Nobody looks particularly good. It, it takes a few weeks to shake rust off. Um, I think that'll be fine. I think St. Thomas is going to be all right. And EHS is obviously going to be EHS. But that being said, that gets our scrimmage recaps out of the way. And now before we cover games, we are going to bring back a fan favorite segment. Maybe not fan favorite, favorite of West Tolleson. Do DC and Parish cover? <laughs> DC and Parish games were always predicted to be so lopsided that it really wasn't worth us making them games of the week because they were going to be a blowout. So to get DC and Parish the coverage they deserve, we decided to just start picking against the spread. I think I picked in favor of DC and Parish every single week and every single week they won. I can't remember a single time that it didn't work, but that being said, we do have spreads for both of these teams this week, starting with D.C. Does Dallas Christian cover? It is a 34.5-point spread in favor of Dallas Christian versus Bishop Dunn this week. Uh, as you will remember, last year, D.C. beat Dunn 34-21. to So that is only a 13-point victory, a far cry from 34.5. Um, Walker, I'll let you go first. Does D.C. cover a 34.5-point spread against Dallas Bishop Dunn? That's a giant spread. Large. Uh, no. I'm going to go no. They do not cover the spread. I think that's a that's a large number for even them to do it. And Quincy Reams over there, and they have a lot of other guys over there. Um, I don't know if we could say, but Rivon Robinson coming over to DC is, is, you know, that's a huge move for him. And they lose D, uh, Dunn's probably they're one of their best players. Um, so that's that's a key loss for Dunn and goes over the DC. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna think... say, I, I'm gonna say DC covers. Um, it's a huge spread. Um, I'm comfortable with that. I think DC 40 pieces, Dallas Bishop Dunn. Um, listen, Dunn has great skill players. Quincy Reams is fantastic. Bradley Mays on the outside is fantastic. Both very good. They've got Kyle Millett at linebacker, who I'm a huge fan of. Um, their lines are bad. And when I say bad, I mean B-A-D bad. I think Porter Nix is just going to absolutely eat these guys breakfast. Um, and then I think, I think, like I said, Dallas Christian, the wealth of riches they have at Every single position is absolutely unfair for Division Three. I think they forty piece done to start the season. All right, I mean that's a, that's a big thing. And so even I said no, give them a little motivation maybe to you know cover the spread then. But uh, you know that's a, that's a huge spread. So especially since they didn't do it last year. Yeah, we we will see for sure. So, well, that was a better done team last year too. But it was uh, a better done team. But moving into the next game, do the Parish Episcopal Panthers cover? They, for the first time in the history of this segment, um, one of these teams is an underdog, and not only an underdog, a steep underdog. Parish is almost giving up three touchdowns at Alito. They are plus 19 and a half, meaning Alito are 19 and a half point favorites in this matchup. Um, if you're confused at all and you've been living under a rock, Alito is one of the best programs, if not the best program in the entire state of Texas. And Parrish beat them last year. Parrish beat them 24 to 17 at Parrish. Um, obviously, this is a much different Parrish team. Um, Alito is going to be very, very good as well. Um, I don't know if I could say that Parrish is, I think it'd be kind of crazy to say Parrish is a favorite 
to win this game. I think Parrish keeps it within three touchdowns. I don't think that's that crazy to say. I think Parrish covers a 19 and a half point spread. Walker, you're a little more well-versed in public school football than me. So tell me why I am correct or incorrect in that assumption. I I agree with you. I think they cover the spread. But yeah, I, I can't. You know, I did it last year. And I told them they they they're not going to win. And then, of course, Daniel Demery and company said, uh, "No, um, man, uh, it's hard. That's really hard to. It's hard. They're led by Haas Haney, the former Fort Worth All Saints guy, uh, quarterback, who's now at T- he's a TCU commit. They're led by linebacker Devon Keys, LSU commit, Jaden Allen, Arkansas commit." Chris Johnson, the other corner, who I believe is like, I don't know, like he's another like Texas Tech or something like that commit. Um, they have a lot. They have Lion Galore, Hawk, Patrick Daniels, like Kadon, Kadon Finley, the wide receiver, the sophomore wide receiver, who's gotten a lot of praise and impressed me at the state game. Um, this is not a public school pro- podcast, so I'm not going to say much more, but Alito's talented. They're the five A state championships this past year for a reason, and they don't lose a lot. And that's that's hard for me to say. Um, they lose, you know, place pieces, but um, man, Devon Keys is a dog, and but you know, Maddox Reed is also a dog, and the offensive line, you know, they prove they can make up along with anyone in the state. Um. I'm going to say they for sure cover to answer this segment, but for my pick on the game, you know what? I told him last year, I'll never pick against them. So I won't pick against them. Now I'll go perish in this one. This, but I, I, this is a game that crazy. I, I mean, they prove me wrong every single time. I mean, what, what am I supposed to say? I think, I think it's going to be it. If, last year was a bloodbath this one's going to be just as bad like this this is going to be a dog fight for parish but if anyone can do it in the state of texas to compete again and show how good this team is and the culture there at pressure uh at parish it's going to be daniel novikov's panthers man and daniel novikov is going to kind of have that chip on his shoulder be like yeah well i don't have all you know i don't have the old miss commit i don't have the stanford commit and i'll still whoop anyone in the state and for that attitude i think he'll come in with especially going it's also going to be at Alito this year. If they walk into town and they walk into title town, Texas and prove they are the true title town call it right. That's a story and a half. Give me Panthers, baby. That'll be nuts. I will save my official pick until the pick sheet comes out. I'll need to do a little more research on the game, but we will come to that. We will cross that bridge when we come to it. I almost just butchered that phrase. Anyways, Before we get into games of the week, we have one last item on the agenda, our week one power rankings. We decided we're kicking it off right now. We're doing power rankings off the rip. We decided to heck with everything. We know these are going to get blown up immediately. Why not just get it out of the way now? So without further ado, the TXPS Media week one power rankings go as follows. And yet again, this is for all divisions. Number one, we have Parish Episcopal. Number two, we have Plano Prestonwood. At number three, we have Liberty Christian Argyle. Number four, we have Episcopal High School Bel Air. At number five, we have Houston St. Thomas. At number six, there is Fort Worth All Saints. Number seven, we have Dallas Christian out of Mesquite. At number nine, we have Houston Second Baptist. And rounding out the top ten, we have the reigning Division II champions in TAPS, Fort Bend Christian Academy. Walker, I won't stay too long here because we've done a lot of explaining of power rankings in the last few weeks, but all of this stacks up pretty well. Have a nice mix of taps D one through D three in here. DC being the only D three team, a couple SBC or the one SBC team in the form of Episcopal. Your thoughts on the rankings? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty balanced, and I think this is the right one to at least go into week one with. And you know, we're gonna have a lot of it change, especially week, especially with the number two, and number three, the Plano Prestonwood Liberty matchup will kind of prove who's gonna be the second best team in the state this year. Um, I'm very excited for that one. EHS after St. Thomas, even though you know you can't take much away from it, I think EHS right now is more maybe a balanced squad, and so I we you know we have them as the best team in Houston this year. Um, 
St. Thomas is right behind them because they're, you know, just as talented and they have the dudes. Fort Worth All Saints honestly might prove to prove to us that they're maybe a little bit too low. Um, you know, and they might move up the ranks pretty easily. Same with Regents. Uh, but uh DC also, I mean, it's hard for them to prove to us, you know, but they prove they belong, especially in the top ten with the best teams in private school. And as long as they just keep dominating. Uh, teams, you know, when they play like a TCS or a Grace Prep or maybe in state against like a team or like Bishop Cypress, Lynch. Bishop Lynch will be a definitely a huge one who honestly might be right outside of the top 10, top 10 right now. So um, DC will prove, you know, they belong, especially in the first couple of weeks. So I'm excited for that. Second Baptist and Fort Bend. I mean, nine and 10, they're probably the two best, some of the other best teams in Houston, um, you know, we and probably just, the two teams that hate each other the most on this list, maybe outside of DC and regions. That one's close to probably hundred percent. So actually uh, no F- Fort Bend and second Baptist definitely hate each other more. They re- there, there is no love lost between those schools. Yep. So that'll be a good one. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, uh, excited for these. I think that's a good ra- uh, wrap up of everything. Wes, do you have anything? No, I don't. But you know who does? High Point Signs and Apparel. This episode is brought to you by the formerly mentioned High Point Signs and Apparel. Listen, we're basically walking billboards for High Point at this point. All the merch you've seen us rocking all of our episodes at Walker Lots walking right now. You have the hat, you have the shirt, you have the hoodie, you have the wristband that I have never taken off. Listen, all of these were made through High Point. I can't stress enough how fantastic the customer service was. It was the most seamless process. You know, making merch apparel or signs or anything of that nature seems like a really daunting process with high point it's not it's incredibly simple it's very streamlined everyone there is incredibly professional listen they don't miss deadlines they provide exceptional customer service they will meet or beat any price and they also create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers listen The merch that we're about to go live with, quick plug for us and sell, is going to be built through a High Point store. I mean, we've already talked about it. It looks fantastic. It's I can't stress enough how easy High Point is to work with and the quality of the materials they put out. You know, just test it for yourself when we give you our merch. I will say it's the most comfortable shirt and hoodie you will ever put on. I will die on that hill. Walker Lot, anything from High Point before we move on? They're excellent in what they do. All the people we met and collaborated with on all of our projects are awesome, and that's why we continue to work with these guys um, throughout the process in the next couple of months when we launch our apparel line. Can't say anything better about these guys. They're awesome. And so please, if you need you know shirts this season, if you need stuff for your team, uh, please go check them out. They're going to be great with any booster club in the state. Uh, they're really great people, so give them a call. Absolutely. You know, yet again, we do not endorse products that we don't support. That's a key tenet of our success. So yet again, High Point Signs and Apparel, their links are in our description. Go check them out. Go order stuff through them. They are fantastic. So thank you to High Point Signs and Apparel for sponsoring this episode. Okay, Walker, with all of that behind us, it is now finally time for us to preview some football games. So let's cut into that real quick with a special guest. We'll see you there. And now we transition into our week one, five games of the week with Fordham receiver Ricky Gonzalez. That's TAPS D1 Offensive Player of the Year, as judged by us, Ricky Gonzalez. Ricky, number one, it's nice to finally meet you. Number two, how are you doing? How are things up in the Bronx? And y'all season's pretty close around the corner here, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So uh, I'm doing great. Um, our season is very close. We have a game in about five days, August 26th Wow! at uh, Albany. So uh, things have been going great up here. Uh, I just finished my first fall camp uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, we had to report a little early because we play a week zero game this mm-hmm. year. Um, but it's been going pretty good. Uh, been learning the plays, learning the playbook, just like, you know, regular freshman stuff. And then uh, been excited. I've been getting in the rotation with the – with the ones and um you know i'm just excited for the season excited to see where it takes me and hopefully just have like a healthy good season absolutely so you're showing them up in new york how y'all do it down in san antonio it sounds like yes sir 
dude, that's awesome. So as a former receiver, I've got to pick your brain on one thing. It's a question that's been on my mind a lot. I feel like every receiver has to have, you know, a favorite route that they run. I know mine was the comeback. I, I've beaten it to death on this podcast and probably overstated how good I was at running it. But I'm really curious, you know, there's a whole route tree. There's so many you can choose from. Did you have a favorite route that you ran in high school? In high school, yeah. Uh, my favorite one was the post just because uh, – my quarterback, Jace, he could throw it. Like, we just repped it so many times. It was just kind of like I either I would, he he would know if I would take it flat or if I would take it high, and it would the ball would just be there. Um, so probably it would probably be the post. There's just so many stuff you can do on it. You can do stuff at the top. You can take it either way. You just have, like, a bunch of freedom. And then, you know, obviously uh, my favorite play in high school was we would go trips to the right. I'd be single side. I'd have the post. It's pretty much a one-on-one uh, if there's no safety help. And that's just kind of like a – that was kind of like my play. Like, when they called that play, I was like, all right, I know I'm getting the ball. So that's probably my favorite one. I got chills thinking about that because we did the exact same thing. We'd call a play. We'd have trips to one side. I'd be the backside receiver. And they usually – like, it'd have to be somebody very athletic playing – corner, very unathletic, sorry, playing me on corner if they were going to do that because obviously I'm not the most athletic specimen on the planet. But whenever I got that call, I was like, oh, it's go time. And it's – you know, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful route to run. But I do have to ask another question, and I'm really interested to hear the response to this one. So I'm sure all year, especially being in the D1 South, all y'all heard from, you know, all the media and especially us was, you know, Houston, St. Thomas, St. Thomas, St. Thomas, St. Thomas. They're great. They have all these athletes, et cetera. You know, we picked them to win every game. We picked them to win district and we picked them to beat y'all. And then I remember Walker and I are at the Brazos Christian game on our phones and we see, oh, my God, Antonian just beat Houston, St. Thomas. How did that feel to beat them, win district, and basically shut everyone up that had been picking St. Thomas up to that point? That felt amazing. It was a great <laughs> week. <laughs> it was a great week. Uh, you know, obviously being in the South, being in San Antonio in general, doesn't even matter private school or not. You're kind of always, I guess, put under, you know, Dallas and Houston, which, you know, Dallas and Houston, they're really, really talented cities and they have really talented football. But sometimes, you know, in San Antonio, we just we kind of won our respect. And last year, we felt we felt like we can compete with uh, St. Thomas, and uh, it was it was just a great week. I know I was telling y'all earlier we were all watching the podcast that week, of the team dinner, yeah. and we're just waiting for somebody to pick us. Waiting, <laughs> waiting, no picks, and we were like, we just kind of looked at each other. We were like. All right then, it's time to prove them wrong. You know what I mean? And it was great. It, the the whole atmosphere. I got to get props to St. Thomas. Their student section is very colorful, and and uh, it's a it's an it's a cool student section. It was a good atmosphere. It was a great game. It was probably you know it, it's got to be between that one and the central game last year. Probably my two favorite games I ever played in, and uh, it was great. Winning district for the first time in like nine years getting Coach Fuchak his first district championship as a first-year head coach. It was a great week. It was a great week. You kind of balled out that game, didn't you? Because I remember watching the highlights. You you kind of took that on your, you know, that chip on your shoulder, and you put you, you went to work, didn't you? I did, yeah. I was I had I had a little something to prove that game, especially, um, you know, we had worked so hard that year, and it was kind of like this is this is this is it. That was our one of our main goals, just to win district. And, uh, you know, I kind of – I wanted it. I wanted it. I wanted it very bad. So no, uh, you talked about the, uh, the culture of kind of San Antonio. I kind of have a, it's a two parter. Talk about kind of that culture of San Antonio because you know, like we say, we we're always able to go to Dallas or you know Houston a lot. But like special, here's your thing. I will be down in San Antonio this this week, and I'm really excited about that. Talk to me about that kind of the culture of San Antonio, and then two, you kind of mentioned it too. Talk about what Coach Fusak kind of means to that team, you know, second year now. How was that? How was his first year? And how do you like him as a coach and building that culture there at Antonian? Right. Um, I would say San Antonio, just as a football city, I think it's a very underrated football city. It is, um, for sure. I I'm I was actually born in Dallas. I grew up in Dallas for a little bit and moved here. Uh, but San Antonio, even like youth football, uh, obviously you got the outlaws. Um, it's just it's it's a football city, and I feel like it gets overlooked a lot because, you know, we might not have the top-end talent that Dallas has or Houston or stuff like that. But I feel like, um, you know, obviously you're going to the Dome, 
I had never played in there. And, you know, being in there for a – it's a high school football all-star game right after the All-American game. So you're thinking, you know, I was thinking, you know, there's probably going to be a few thousand people in there, nothing crazy. And then you walk in for warm-ups. Right. There's 22,000 people. The whole first row is filled. It looks like a UTSA game. So I think, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's crazy. It's I think, you know, San Antonio, it's like it's a nice community. They really care about football. Like we were saying earlier, like when it comes to San Antonio football community things, I feel like the whole community unites and does a great job of making all the high school football players feel like it matters. You know what I mean? No doubt. Hey, we, yeah, I mean, for A&M, we love, we have to love our San Antonio guys with, you know, DeMarvin Leal, Jalen Jones, the past couple of years getting drafted. I mean, those are our guys that, you know, if you can get the kind of the best from San Antonio every year, your football team can be pretty dang good, you know? So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, I got a shout out my guy, uh, Kellen Mon. I've been uh yeah. He's, he's San Antonio, San Antonio AM legend. Uh yep. that's my guy. I've been working out with him before I left and all that. So yeah, he went uh, to awesome. Reagan, right? He went to Reagan before he went to, went to Reagan. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Cool. But, all right, uh, man. Wes, take it away. What are we what are we doing for the picks, man? So all that being said, Ricky, you ready to, to pick some football games? Have a lot of people get upset with you if you pick the wrong team? Yes. <laughs> Dude, now you get to be on the other side. It's a, it's a fun time, more or less. But all of that being said, guys, let's get into the fun part of the episode. Let's pick some dadgum games. And the first game we will be previewing in the 2023 season is Prestonwood Christian at Liberty Christian Argyle. The spread has Prestonwood as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. They have an 80% chance to win this game, according to the numbers. What a way to kick off the year. Husky commit Cole Wellover, Tulane commit Kellen Tasby, an offense of Janicek, Stump, Garnett, and Brown versus a defense of Lunsford, Harwell, Lapiri, and Tucker. And the flip side shows Tasby and Navier facing off against Witten, Saul, and Brown, and maybe Baby Witten. I don't know how much he's going to get to play, but that kid looks like a freak. I know Massey ratings has Prestonwood as a staunch favorite, but it's really, really hard for me not to say that Liberty might be the best team in the state. There's just a decent number of questions I have about the Lions offense. Is junior Caden Collins getting the rocket running back? Who besides Navier is going to step up at wide receiver? You know, maybe it's familiarity bias on my part. I got the opportunity to go to Liberty and watch them. I know Walker saw Prestonwood. I haven't had a chance to see this Lions squad yet, but Maybe it's familiarity bias, but I have to take the Warriors in the spot. I have mm-hmm. faith in Welliver and Janusek and Stump and all of them. I just – I think there's more guys that have shown, at least on the offensive side, what they can do. Prestonwood's a fantastic team, a sleeper pick to win uh, to win D1 by a lot of people I've been talking to, but we're going to see here very shortly. Walker Lott, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing. You know, you talked about the running back position, but you kind of forgot to think about Takashi Shaw, who's transferring in from TCA Addison. Remember him? He, so he's going to probably be fighting with uh, Caden Collins for that running back one spot. Um, you know, last year, Liberty beat Preston Wood 28-7 to and kind of shocked all of us for, you know, the the, the surge of uh, Argyle Liberty in Division Two. It's going to be interesting to see. You make a great point. Like, how do you... Uh, it's it's it's, it's going to be an interesting game, and I can't believe we're this is week one. Like we're back to it. Like I I'm back into it. It's kind of crazy, but I'm gonna you know I, I'm gonna go kind of with what I'm more familiar with. I'm gonna go Argyle Liberty. I think uh, that's the pick. You know that offense is deadly. You know the guys on defense with CJ and Mac and other guys Brady playing both ways probably again this year. I mean they have some dudes over there, man. And I'll go Liberty, but. I'm really wanting. I'm excited for you to watch West Kellen Tasby and see what he brings to taps this year because he had the two lane commit who you know two lane just beat uh whatever USC last year so they're the legit squad and they go after good players now and you know Tasby might be the next coming of like elite private school quarterback so I'm excited for this man it's gonna be a good game absolutely so Ricky we basically have a very very good offense versus a very very good defense I'm really yeah. curious to see which side you pair with. Uh well going off my experience I've never uh, played Preston Wood or Liberty but um I think Preston Wood you know just going off last year I know we were kind of looking ahead last year because we knew we might play them and I I was kind of watching some of their film I think in general uh Preston Woods are very they're always look they always are very strong they always have a really good program um they always got really good players 
So I would lean towards Prestonwood, but the way you are picking uh, is making me think maybe Liberty. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Prestonwood. I feel like, you know, they are a sleeper pick to win D1. They're, like I said, they always have great athletes, and they're just, you know, you, you can't really bet against them. They're always they're always in the mix, and I think, you know, they'll probably have a really good chance to win week one. He makes a great point. Ricky, Ricky I'm really thankful that you uh, that you picked Prestonwood there because there's a thing on this podcast, and you saw it when y'all played, uh, played St. Thomas. If we ever all three pick a team, then that means the other team's going to win, and we're going to yep. get clowned for it. It happens almost every single time. So I appreciate you being a buffer for that. That, that does mean a lot to us. <laughs> if you ever on this pick sheet see me and Walker side with one team, I really urge you to pick the other teams. <laughs> That's going to really hedge our bets really well. Uh, the I next game was supposed to be going. You know I have to add my two cents every time. I'm going to say I think a big battle is always like it is, is always going to be the trenches. How can the Argyle offensive line compete and hold off Harwell, LaPerry, and Tucker. Jack Harwell coming into that interior with Nathan LaPerry off the edge is going to be a deadly mismatch. And they have, you know, Humphrey and uh, the big left tackle they always have. Thank you. Um, Those two guys are going to be deadly, but are all five of them going to be able to withstand that presence on the defensive line? It's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, man, it's going to be a fun time. I was going to do Antonian versus Holy Cross as the second game, but I think we're going to save that for the very end just for dramatic since we have a former Antonian receiver on the call with us. So let's move forward to a game in Houston, the Woodlands Christian Academy at the John Cooper School, the reigning SPC 3A champions, John Cooper. John Cooper is a 22 and a half point favorite in this game. They have a 90% chance to win according to the ratings. So let's go back a year. In 2022, the Woodlands held a high-powered Dragons offense to a mere seven points en route to a 10-7 Week 1 victory. This year, a much younger Dragon squad, led by Dean Calhoun, will attempt to start the season on a higher note. He will get significant help from 6'5 wide receiver Gus Feinberg and 225-pound linebacker Cole Shepard, some really, really good talent in the lower division of SBC. However... The Woodlands returns a stout host of contributors, running back Bo Ellis, defensive back Duke Hyas, and defensive end Gunnar Oakland, and Baylor Bears target linebacker Grayson Boker. I know that Walker was really high on him when he saw him. Cooper has gotten so used to us saying that they're a lock to win state that they take it as disrespect when I say they're not state favorites. And they're really not going to like when I say the Woodlands Christian is a comfortable favorite here. Warriors roll. Walker lot. I like that pick. I really like that pick, and I think I'm going to match you. And I think there's just a lot of unknown with uh, John Cooper again this year. You know, they have Dean Calhoun, and Dean Calhoun probably is going to make me, you know, shut up for the next couple of weeks because he's going to probably win the game by himself because he's that type of player. But I really like Grayson Boker. 6'3", linebacker, moves really, really well. He'll probably play both ways. A guy like that is, you know, he's an impact player. It will make plays when he needs to. And having other guys like Jonathan Vidal at quarterback, you know, guys like that are going to be key pieces for them. And, you know, TWCA, uh, John Cooper came to TWCA last year and, you know, they lost. And now John Cooper has them at home. And I think TWCA is going to roll into there and win again. I think give me give me the Warriors. All righty, Ricky. You know what I just said about being walking, picking the same team. You are your own agent. You can pick whoever you want. Just know I'll be much more comfortable if you pick a certain team. But floor is yours. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna go with John Cooper. Okay. Um, I think I think they'll have. You know, I'm not. Uh, I don't know too much about uh, some of the lower divisions. I have heard about John Cooper. I know they have. A, like so, a good amount of um you know good players um i sort of know some of the coaches down there i know how they run it down there i mm. think uh I, i've heard really good things about it so i think you know they'll have a chip on their shoulder they're not picked to win the game i think they'll come out full the upset I will tell you, John Cooper is building one of the premier cultures in the state. I talk about culture a lot, and all three of us are guys that played high school football. We know the importance 
of a solid culture and a really good locker room. John Cooper has one of the best in SBC. And even though they might lack a little bit in talent this year, their culture, I think, will make them competitive in a lot more games than we expect them to be in. I think the Woodlands Christian has more talent, will probably win, but I don't think I don't think it's a super big margin. I think it's going to be close. And me and Walker might be sweating this one out at the end. But let us move on to another Houston on Houston matchup. Houston St. John's at Houston St. Thomas. St. Thomas is a seven and a half point favorite. They have a 65% chance to win this game. Last year, they won the this week one matchup 43 to 27. And oh my Lord, is this a fun game to kick off the year. First of all, just look at the quarterback talent on both sides. Two of the top-rated guys in the state, Lewis and Gill, have the opportunity to turn this into bombs over Baghdad. Or they can hand it off to two of the best athletes in the state, Johan Cardenas and Cole Allen. Allen technically plays slot, but they're going to find ways to get him the ball regardless. Defensively, I just think St. Thomas is going to have a better chance of limiting the Mavericks. With Tyler Day and Michael Anthony Okora making up the front, it's going to be really tough sledding on the ground for St. John's. However, Aaron Valentine's going to have to pick up some slack in the secondary following Grant Stewart's departure to Manville. I think Gil, Hoffrecht, Allen, and Murphy are going to have – they're going to have to Operation Meeting House St. Thomas if they want a puncher's chance here. If you don't know what Operation Meeting House is, look it up. You'll understand the analogy. But I'm going to have to go with St. Thomas in this game. Ricky's probably tired of us talking about St. Thomas after everything that he heard last year. Walker Lott, what are your thoughts? Man, uh, it's going to be an interesting one this game. I think it's going to be a little bit closer than last year. Um, I think, you know, a senior, uh, Stephen Gill with a great receiving core led by, uh, Cole Allen, like you said, um, you know, can't, you, you have to remember Donnelly, Murphy, Hoffrecht, you know, those type of guys at receiver, those are going to, that's going to be a skilled receiving core room. Um, but I think this is another game that's going to be one in the trenches. And I, I, I love having Michael Anthony Akura on my side of my pick and, you know, I'm going to go Houston St. Thomas in this one, but, uh, Michael, if I don't know if you listen or whatever, but I, I need I need a couple sacks. You know, I need a couple sacks from this game, man. I really do. Because uh, I think if he can disrupt, you know, having the guys off the edge like they do, like Obina Ume, the 26th defensive lineman, and then Tyler Day, you know, maybe blitzing or playing coverage, I think the front sevens might get to win them this game. So give me Houston St. Thomas. I think that is some very good analysis. Regan Gonzalez, your thoughts on the game? Well, as much as I would like to not pick them, <laughs> um, I'm actually going to have to go with Houston St. Thomas, having that I've played them twice. Uh, kind of the same stuff I was saying about John Cooper. They have a really great coach. They have a really great program. They're always really good. Um, and, you know, playing a lot of those same guys last year, Dante Lewis is a baller. Um, and then uh, Johan Cardenas, you know, talking to him. I, I, I actually didn't get to play against him last year but uh talking to him seeing him in track season he's a freak he's you know benches crazy amount of weight runs super fast so um you know i can't really i can't really um i can't really count him out uh i me personally i expect pretty high things from them this season uh, as far as the the d1 landscape goes and just competing in the playoffs and all that so i'm gonna I'm have to pick him to win this game Talking more on Johan's bench, you know, I, I benched 225 by five around that time. It was just over the moon. I was just so incredibly happy. And probably no less than like three hours later, I opened Twitter and Johan's benching 225 by like 12 or 15. And I'm like, can I not have any nice things? But all that being said, that dude is a freak. I mean, you combine that and he's not just strong. He's fast. He's athletic. He can go lateral. I mean, he's a huge piece of what St. Thomas is going to lean on this year. And if he stays healthy, I mean, he's he's got an MVP caliber season in him, I think. But all that being said, we have three for St. Thomas, which scares me deeply. Moving on into the second to last game we will cover, we have Dallas First Baptist at Brazos Christian. Our associate, our Central Texas associate, newly hired, Stephen Johnson will be on, on site at this game. We're very excited for Stephen to interact with all of y'all and get some great coverage. Go follow him when the time comes. That being said, Brazos Christian is a 24 and a half point favorite in this game. They have an 89% win chance as of now. You know, Lubbock Christian might be the favorite in D4 heading into this season, but these two teams are going to be nipping at their heels very early. 
the amount of talent First Baptist brings to the table is insane. The air attack featuring Elijah Kaysen, Dominic Sudu Robinson, Caleb Mitchell, and throwing to them is our Division Four Offensive Player of the Year, Hunter McCoy. If you're unfamiliar with Hunter McCoy, turn on his huddle tape. It doesn't lie. It's one of the most fun things you'll ever watch since Johnny Manziel played football. It's just, it's a great time. Then you add in other de- Division One defensive guys like Corey Thomas and Abuchi Godwin. And from a prospect standpoint, this is far and away the best roster in Division Four. However, on the other side of the coin, you have what is most likely the deepest roster in the division. You have Jackson Caffey, Chance Locker, Ben Tillery, Brody Garner. The list goes on and on. Whereas First Baptist will have more star power, I think Brazos Christian brings the more complete team to the table. I think the spread is really off here. I would guess it's a one-score game late in the fourth quarter. I only wonder if Brazos Christian is going to be stout enough in the back end to liber- to limit this fr- uh, uh, to limit this First Baptist passing attack. Even with my questions, I'm going to take the Eagles by a very small margin here. I have more faith in their offensive line. I think at this point in the season, Brazos Christian might have the edge here. Walk a lot. It's a tough one, dude. This is this is probably yeah. This is a tough one. Um, this is also a game that is going to help us figure out how good is the North compared to the South. Because if mm-hmm. you know they come all the way to Brazos Brazos Valley and blows out Brazos Christian, they it kind of sets the stone that Lubbock Christian and Dallas First Baptist will be in their own kind of league compared to the South. Because this is probably the best team in the South in Division Four. Um. I'm really excited to see the kind of those young guys that they keep telling us about, you know, guys, you know, the 26s and 27s that we've heard a lot about. Um, give me Dallas first Baptist. I think that, I think this is the pick and, you know, in this level, you know, offensive line is definitely a play and having a guy like Brody Gardner on one side is going to be, you know, you need to have a decent offensive line to compete against a guy like that. But I think having Hunter McCoy that can create and, you know, do stuff with his legs and get out of the pocket and make stuff happen, I think is a key for Division Four team winning it all, especially with the receivers he has. Give me Dallas First Baptist. Yeah, I, I think that could be a good pick. My only question is going to be, have they – have they shored up the defense from last year? Because their their defense was absolutely abysmal. But you add in, I mean, if some of those receivers can go both ways, then you have Corey Thomas and Abuchi Godwin on the defensive line. I mean, I think they can fix some problems. We're just going to have to see. Me and Walker have made our picks. Ricky, I'm very curious to see. You know, D4 is very hard to, to analyze if you're not, like, in-depth, like, with this, like me and Walker are. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this game. Uh well me being obviously a receiver um kind of hearing the matchups uh I'm probably gonna side with First Baptist just because of all the star power um I I understand the questions about depth how there's a lack of depth uh, mm-hmm. and there's a, a little bit more depth on the um on the other team but you know me being a receiver I believe you know receivers can take over games and especially having three of them you know that uh that really helps because you're not just going to one guy the whole time. So you can't really double anyone. Um, and it just makes, like you were saying, the back end, back end's just going to have a really tough, hard day uh, covering all those guys. So I'm probably going to go for a bat- first Baptist. I think that's that. those are both good picks by y'all. I, it, I, I, love, I love his logic. That's great logic, man. It it's really fun. is. We're having the guest out analyze both of the, <laughs> both the hosts on this show, but I'll take it. I think it just means that, we, that we're good at picking guests. But... <laughs> That is enough in D4. Now we are going to move to a game that I'm sure Ricky is very excited for us to cover. That is Antonian versus Holy Cross. Sadly, there's no spread on this game, so I can't put numbers there. Can we call this a Holy Bowl? I'll call it the Holy Bowl light. Um, I'm sure Ricky would take great disrespect if we call it the Holy Bowl. But Friday, August the 25th. We'll put a Catholic showdown on display when the Antonian Apaches face off against the Knights of Holy Cross. Standout quarterback Gibby Alvarado returns to Holy Cross for his junior campaign and is flanked by returners Marcus Perez and Jose Lerma. The Knights will make a solid push in the D3 South, but they face a formidable D1 foe in Antonium. The D1 South champions return the three-headed monster of Toscano, Strode, Moreno, and with the helps with help from the likes of Bode Ferguson and Diego Moran, 
I have to think the Apaches assault the Knights in the Alamo Dome. Um, I, I'm really high on Antonian. You know, at the end of the day, it's a Taps D1 versus Taps D3 matchup. Holy Cross is going to make a push to win the Division Three South, but this is it's a Division One team. I wouldn't overthink it that much. I think Antonian gets the edge here. Walker Lott. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a fun one. I'll be on site for this one. I'm so excited to get down to San Antonio. Um, guys, you know, there's some young guys in Holy Cross that kind of made some all district all states lists like JJ Costa from last year that I remember, uh, that I'm excited to see, but, um, I, one of my favorite players, especially when we went and watched uh, them last year against Nolan rally Schroeder's a dog, man. I think that dude is different. And, you know, we picked him in my fantasy draft over the summer and that guy, like he will line up on offense and cook your best corner. And then he'll go and go walk out there and just clamp down your best receiver. And a guy like that just makes games different and harder for any offensive quarter or defensive coordinator. Um, I know rally <laughs> Ricky will talk much more about his squad, but I think a difference maker like rally is going to make this game much, much harder for Gibby to kind of create and, you know, do what he needs to do. And maybe locking down his best receiver. So give me uh, the Apaches in this one. And Hey, all right, Ricky, go ahead. Just talk to me about the San Antonio game. Go ahead. Well, obviously we already know who I'm gonna pick. I don't I really hope that doesn't jinx them because we're picking we're oh, all three picking point. them. But uh yeah, I'm gonna have to go with my squad. Um kind of going off what you were saying, I think Raleigh is definitely the the key. He plays both sides. He's like you said, he's a dog. He can he can go for 150 and lock your best receiver up for like under 50 yards. So I think he's definitely going to be the key, but obviously you still have Jace. He's, he's the, he's the um, front runner of the offense. He controls the offense. He, he's been there. He's going to be his third year starting. He knows the offense. He knows the reads. So he's very experienced. And then you got a bunch of other guys who have been there for about three years now. Um, Bodie Ferguson, Don Samaniego, you got new guys like uh Mikey Moreno. He's getting his second year experience. Mm. So I'm gonna have to go with them. I think um I think it'll probably be a decently close game, but I think uh Antonio will pull him out. Coach Fuchesco in his second year. Uh he did amazing his first year, and I think you know he doesn't want to really slow down. So I'm gonna have to go with Antonio. I think that's smart logic. Ricky, are you a little uh little frustrated that they're moving this into the dome right after you leave? Yeah, I was it it was just it was funny. I we had a it was like the December. I was talking to my coach. He's telling me all the new stuff they got as soon as I left uh cuz I actually wanted going into my senior year, I wanted to be number 0. Mm. Um, and he had told me, "No, we don't have number 0." And as soon as I got back from Christmas break, he was telling me how they're getting stickers, they got number <laughs> 0. They're playing in the Alamo Dome. I was like where was all this when I was here? But <laughs> I'm happy for them. I'm going to be watching their games actually the day before mine. So I'm going to try to watch as much as I can. And uh, I really, I'm uh, wishing them the best and uh, wishing them the best in the season. And I, I know they're going to ball out. Absolutely. Well, Ricky, we will be hosting a Twitter space that Friday night. I know you're super busy. You'll probably be in some team event, but if you by chance want to come on and talk a little bit about that game or what you saw, you are more than welcome to. We would love to have you. You're a fantastic speaker, by the way. This went very exactly. well. And I I think I would like to give you another opportunity just to speak on Antonian and everything. But Ricky, anything that you want to plug or anything that you want to leave us with before we get out of here? Um, anyone viewing, if you can, uh, we play foreign football. We play Albany on ESPN week zero, August 26th uh tune in we're trying to uh make a deep run in the playoffs this year win the patriot league so just support uh, and watch and um shout out to my guys and antonio again shout out coach fishak wishing them the best and uh yeah all right i got one i got one last question all right i'm gonna go out there go get some good food where should i go in san antonio where, where are the recommendations what is your what is your favorite kind of food I mean, I'll. I mean, if I'm going down there, I'm going probably getting getting tacos, fajitas, you know, burrito, like something like that, right? Like, I, if I'm going to San Antonio, I have to. I would say, if you want really really good Mexican food, I'll say go to a place called Glorious. Okay. Uh, it's like near like Alamo Heights. Okay. It's really good. That's uh, that's 
that's like the nicest uh, the nice restaurant I go when I want really good Mexican food. So I'd probably right. say there. Um, and then what's a place that you always went to growing up? Like what's the what's a place that you and your Antonian guys like after practice or whatever, where's the place y'all go to? We went to uh well I'm pretty sure y'all have them too. We went to Las Palapas a lot. Like mm. after uh after like summer camp we'd go. Yeah. Uh, it goes hard. Gloria Glorious is really good. Um I'm trying to think. Yeah, I'd yeah, I'd probably say Glorious. Glorious is Glorious is the best, the best food spot Cap- like I go to. Cool. Um, I'll I'll make the move then. I'll give you the recommendation. How's that? I'll tell you how it is afterwards. Sounds good. Just I'm just letting you know that there's the weight is a little crazy, so you might want to book, go- book something because if not, you're gonna be sitting there for a long time. But it's that's good because it means there's a lot of people there. Very true. Very true. Very true. Uh, well, absolutely. Well, with all that being said, Ricky, first of all, thank you so much for coming on. It was a great conversation. It was great to hear your insight and different points of view that you had than us. It was it was a really good time overall. But we are incredibly excited to kick off week one. Yet again, we will have three analysts in the field. I will be at Prestonwood and Liberty. Walker will be at – I'm going to be at Walker. Tell the people. Uh, Antonian versus uh, Holy Cross in the Alamo Dome. And Steven Johnson will be at Brazos Christian and Dallas First Baptist. So, guys, as always, this has been the Texas Private School Podcast. I have been one-third of your hosting crew, West Hollis. And Walker Lott and Ricky Gonzalez have fantastically been themselves. We will see you in the Week 2 preview. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go.